There's something weird here. Maybe even wrong or tacky. A man in an American soldier uniform is standing in the middle of the street in Berlin, October 2011, collecting money. He's standing beside a man in a Russian uniform, and they're in front of the white Checkpoint Charlie kiosk, facing a row of tourists with cameras. One by one, people stand in beside them to have their pictures taken. Next one, please. Everything about the men in uniform looks authentic, except for the American. He has a large leather pouch at his waist, collecting money for photographs. You stand there, po-faced. Checkpoint Charlie is surrounded by tourist shops and cafes. But you want a bit more dignity to the place, considering what it represented for people. Next one, please. Considering that people from East Germany would have died and did die to get past it into the West. There must be a quote somewhere about all history becoming tourism. If you turned your po face around, away from Checkpoint Charlie, there was another treatment of the history of the time, just across the road. This was an experience of spying and surveillance that was historical, but also bang up to date. Um, you have the Google map, and on the Google map you can see the sound files. They're like um, orange dots. And there has to be a quote somewhere about history teaching us the future. Oh, wow. The experience across the road was called 50 Kilometres of Files and was a collaboration between the drama producers in a German radio station, Radio Kultur, and a theatre group, Rimini Protocol. And the stage for this experience? It was a mobile phone. And the mobile phone and the technical explanations you will get from my colleagues here. Okay. You picked up your mobile phone and headphones from the base of operations just across the road from Checkpoint Charlie. They explained to you that as you walked around Berlin, you could hear phone conversations from the 1980s on the phone. These conversations were between the Stasi secret police and their spies and informers. The informers were phoning in reports about the activities of their fellow East Germans. If you walked to a particular street corner, the phone would start playing the telephone report made from that street corner. And the Red Cross is your own position. There was another element to this project that was revealed later, which gave it added impact. You see here the sound bubbles, mm -hmm. and they are in front of the house. Oh, now I'm getting the telephone cell of the... Tom Morton did the tour. ...central station of the Stasi... He's an Australian radio journalist who reported from Germany in the 1980s. Uh, they're saying that uh, somebody's reporting that a, uh, a balloon is floating across from West Berlin. Uh, it's flying at about a thousand metres. 
He's saying, I think it's probably just a, a mistake. I don't think there's anything behind it. But obviously they would have been very concerned about anything that was coming over from West Berlin. And there was that famous incident that the pop song was about Mena, 99 um, balloons because that really did cause a security scare in East Berlin. It's a great idea, but it's also a kind of creepy idea because you realise that in these, these streets that we're walking along now, now very ordinary-looking streets, there's ads up everywhere for the latest bestsellers, it's a beautiful day... In the streets, the Stasi was watching people all the time. Yeah, okay. The Stasi was the Staatssicherheit, which literally means the, the secret police. They were the East German secret police, and they were set up specifically to observe their own people. What they did over many years was to set up a system of so-called informal cooperators who in a lot of cases were actually informing on their close friends their husbands or wives, their children, their parents, as well as colleagues at work. It was a whole system that was built on distrust. The state distrusted its own citizens and it built up this system under which nobody trusted anybody. You know, in many ways, that's one of the tragedies of the East German system. I'm hearing some sort of marching music now, the Dynamo March. Are you fighters on the invisible front? Outside the Russian embassy, on the tree-lined boulevard Unter den Linden, the phone is playing audio from an archivist. Von dort aus gab es früher einmal Spionage, und ein Spionagefall war für das Ministerium für Staatssicherheit von besonderer Bedeutung. The story that we're hearing is about a young woman 
who was a spy for Soviet intelligence during the Nazi period. She worked in the German foreign ministry and she used to bring over information and documents from the German foreign ministry. But of course, as he said, she couldn't just walk into the Soviet embassy. So just over there, there's a little kiosk where newspapers used to be sold. It's now uh, a donor kebab shop. The Zeitungshäuschen selbst war eine Art Anlaufstelle. Darin arbeitet natürlich auch ein sowjetischer Agent. And there was a Russian spy who worked in the kiosk and she'd pass on the information to him there. She became a hero for East German spies and for the Stasi because she was caught and executed in 1942 by the Nazis. The Stasi and their informers sound slow and plodding. But if you're one of two middle-aged men trying to follow a tiny map on a mobile phone and getting lost... Well, you tend not to be so judgmental about their intellect. I think if you and I had been Stasi operatives trying to keep people under observation, we would have got the sack pretty quickly. <laughs> they are in Leipziger Straße, which was wrong direction, I guess. We're not the only ones who know that we're lost. Then passing Mohrenstraße. Not only are we listening in on surveillance, Wilhelmstraße until but we're also under surveillance ourselves. The mobile phone we're carrying is being tracked on a screen back at the base by members of the theatre group. And just to remind you that you're being watched, they send texts to the phone. Oh, here we go. Uh, I'm getting a message here. It says, back to the Friedrichstraße, quickly. Stop. To make them know where they, uh, that we know where they are, well, to get a feeling how it how it might have felt to be observed by Stasi, for example. Imagine how much fun these guys would have had with something like Google Maps. <laughs> the Stasi with Google Maps, yes. That's a terrifying thought. The 50 kilometers of Files project in Berlin, run by German station Radio Kultur and the theatre group Rimini Protocol. There's a link to the project on our website. Go to rte.ie slash docon1 and click on the tab marked Curious Ear. Okay, so this is a very, very interesting story. It's actually about a, a West German woman called Katharina. Katharina mit Theodor Heinrich. She got a, a one-day visa to come across to East Berlin. And she came across with a, a piece of blue carpet. She put the piece of blue carpet down and stood on it and started reading a poem. The poem was all about how the blue carpet was a sort of symbol of freedom. If you could get onto this flying carpet, then you could fly above the wall and, and everyone would be free. The officer who was interrogating her just realised that she was uh, pretty naive and eventually he let her go. 